0: The Deep Analysis Podcast, in association with the Information Coalition. Well, welcome back to the Deep Analysis Podcast. When we kicked this series off uh, just over a year ago, uh, the plan was to do one a month. And now it's become somewhat irregular. But there are more to come, there's more in the pipeworks. And uh, I really appreciate you for sticking with us and listening to these and giving us your feedback. We've been really, really busy uh, this year and uh, doing mainly work around blockchain and AI and its application to document processing and back office operations. In this podcast, I'm reconnecting with my colleague, Cash Compeller. He's coming over here to Boston soon to speak at the AI World Conference. We chat here, it's a slightly longer than normal podcast, but we cover a lot of ground, I think, regarding the practical application of AI and RPA. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. So, um, We've got Cash Compeller again on the podcast, and we're going to be talking about a number of things today. I'm really quite excited about this because their topics, one of them in particular, (laughs) is uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, We're going to be talking about uh, the launch of uh, RPA50. We're also going to be talking, this is the topic that's dear to my heart, um, about uh, the work we're doing with AIM on a training course, and in particular about uh, human supervision of AI. But before we get all to all of that, um, thank you, Cash, for joining us today. I know you're coming over here. I'm looking forward to seeing you here in Boston soon at uh, the AI World Conference, uh, which you will be uh, not only attending but uh, hosting a number of panels at. So tell us all about that. What's coming up? Thanks, Ellen. A pleasure to be on your podcast. Always great topics,
1: great questions, and great jingles and music. So <laughs> looking forward to this uh, podcast. Me yes. Too. I'm excited about AI World. That's in a few weeks in Boston, December 3rd to 5th, to be precise. So what's interesting about this conference, as I was going through the conference website, this conference has the maximum number of PhDs of any conferences among the speakers, the maximum number of PhDs among the speakers in any conference I've ever been to. So the gray cells, (laughs) the brain power at this conference is going to be pretty amazing, I would
0: think. Well, that's probably why you're attending and I wouldn't be welcome. So that <laughs> makes, makes perfect sense. Yeah. No, no. rpa to ai is a premier research partner at
1: this conference. So oh. I could get you a, a discount uh, registration if, very if you're kind interested. Of you. yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, panels and uh, sessions related to my core uh, area of research. That is uh, RPA and AI. So first off, I'm going to be doing an icebreaker, informal get-together, birds-of-a-feather kind of a session or as a pre-conference icebreaker. Here, mm-hmm. uh, it's a much more intimate uh, gathering where uh, it's all industry peers, both speakers and attendees get together and uh, compare notes about their experiences, etc. Things that you wouldn't be comfortable sharing in a much larger gathering. This right. is an opportunity for that. So this is on uh, AI-driven intelligent automation. Next... Uh, I'm doing a very interesting topic that that will probably relate to or that will resonate with a lot of the organizations. How do you really enjoy the benefits or bring the benefits of AI and big data if you're a small mm-hmm. data operation?
0: Oh, I think, I mean, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, well,
1: most organizations think they don't have uh, enough data. I mean, you'll never have enough data. So what, what's really the game plan out there? I'm not going to give that away out here because for that, you've got to come to AI world. And lastly, I'm going to be doing a panel on uh, intelligent automation. This -hmm. again uh, goes into the issues around uh, how do you scale uh, RPA to the next level? What are the challenges? How do you pick the right vendors and right partners to be doing that? Also, I'm excited because I'm going to be participating in this panel with the CTO and the head of intelligent automation practice uh, at uh, Genpact. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to all of these, not only sharing my insights, but also soaking in all the learnings that I can hope to get from this
0: conference. And of course, I'm looking forward to meeting you again in person. As always, as always, I'm looking forward to seeing you too. It's been a while. I think the last time we saw each other in person was in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, that was very cool. I really loved that city, by the way. And, uh, but you brought up three interesting things there. I mean, um, well, there's AI as a big topic, right? So um, I think we can all agree AI is big and it's not going away. Um, and, but then we drill down into two areas which are, are close, I know, to your heart and certainly to, to mine and, and the work we do, which is RPA. And really, how is this practical, usable um, in smaller organizations? Because I don't know about you, Cash, the RPA one is, is is tricky. I see, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the the feedback I get when I'm talking to people, they just fall into two camps. RPA is the, is the next best thing since sliced bread. It's going to automate everything and change our worlds. Or RPA is screen scraping and it's a ripoff and then similarly with ai i commonly very commonly even with larger organizations hear that we're really interested in this but we've just no idea how to start we've just and if we're a small organization they're worried you know are people going to just um, gazump them? Are they just going to jump in there and uh, and uh, move ahead and leave them behind? Because I don't think small organizations typically think that they're part of the AI discussion. So uh, I've just thrown a lot at you there. But uh, RPA, is it is it the real deal? And AI, is it actually relevant to medium and smaller businesses? Yes. I mean, let's
1: uh, first talk about RPA. So, uh-huh. so, I mean, as you know, it's like a very imaginative acronym that alludes to robots, but the reality is much more prosaic Types. If somebody hasn't heard of RPA, obviously, I mean, it's, there are no robots running around the office, but this is just uh, digital robots or software that automates repetitive tasks performed by office workers. So, you mentioned that, uh, is RPA the next greatest thing since sliced bread? Versus uh, is it uh, just uh, screen scraping tools? The reality is uh, somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. So throughout the history of uh, technology, it's always the simple innovations that have delivered outsized benefits. So I firmly mm. believe that if done right, RPA is one such innovation. Okay. So obviously the benefits uh, are available both to small and medium organizations. But at this early stage, I think... Uh, it takes uh, a lot of uh, resources despite i mean the business case uh, people claiming that the business case for uh, rpa tools is going to be like weeks and months despite those claims i think it it does uh, take uh, a lot to really do this well do this at scale making sure that uh, you are automating the right processes and doing it the right way because what happens with automation if it, it's very easy to take a process that that's uh, Complex and messy and automated, so you you'll have a complex automated process that that's much more harmful than it
0: was before. Right, so that, but isn't that isn't the, but that's that's what I'm hearing back. Now you've done more research into RPA than I have, so I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm deferring to your uh, expertise here. But you know what I hear is that. Uh, With RPA, yeah, you're taking something typically a little bit more simple, right? A more simple process, which doesn't mean it's less impactful. Um, But that same problem of business process management that the world changes, stuff changes. Um, The RPA system starts off good and then in a year's time, it's, it's not so good anymore because things change since you implemented it. Yes, I mean, I I hear you, I hear you, and I can relate to where you're coming from. But let me
1: shift this in a slightly different direction. Uh So, not just customer experience, but employee experience is also very important. So, when RPA is done right, so it takes out the TDM, the repetitiveness of uh, people's, out of people's jobs. So, that, that increases employee engagement significantly. So that, that's a business benefit of RPA that, that's usually not talked
0: about. So
1: we should consider okay. that as well.
0: We should consider that. That's the glass half full um, approach, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. the glass half empty approach is it takes away people's jobs.
1: No no beating about uh, the bush. The business case for RPA rests on the fact that uh, you automate things. That means mm-hmm. you're going to do the same tasks, same processes with... Uh, lesser number of fewer number of FTEs yeah but uh, the reality is that most organizations today haven't reached that uh, level of scale of RPA where they need to make these decisions about letting go of people because it's still very much in the experimentation phase it's uh, still very much in uh, in the stage of okay things we know things are going to change our processes are not very stable you mentioned that processes are going to change quite frequently so you can't let go of expertise that resides within your teams. But yes, this is definitely the elephant in the room, and people need to make uh, very carefully considered choices about what's the human cost and the human angle to RPA, to automation in general. I agree with you on that.
0: Yeah, and I think think that leads really well into the discussion of AI, right? Because, you know, you mentioned AI world there, which indeed sounds like a very impressive conference there's going to be a lot of great minds there and there's a lot happening in that space there's a lot of investment in the space but you know the cynic in me which is usually to the to the fore um it just seems to be part of my nature professional cynic here but you know the cynic in me would be scratching my head and saying rpa at an ai conference i mean they talk about it but do they really do that um because that you know, my my perception of an RPA tool is that it doesn't learn. Um, whereas with AI, that's the whole point, right? It learns, it improves over time. So, do you think we're going to see more genuine um, interactions and developments of products where they don't just automate, but they improve over time? I agree with you. I mean, there, there is a lot of hype and misinformation
1: in the marketplace because. Compared to pure vanilla RPA, cognitive RPA or intelligent RPA is much more attractive in a marketing brochure. So I say that RPA is very different from AI for precisely the reasons that you articulated. AI systems learn while RPA systems just keep doing the same thing again and again. But having said that, given where most organizations are today, unless you're a technology powerhouse like one of the Silicon Valley firms, it makes a lot of sense to start your AI journey with RPA. And okay. RPA can really be the gateway for enterprise AI. Your enterprise AI is probably much further down the road, but you can do RPA today. So, uh, as I keep saying, every, there, there are a lot of experts who say artificial intelligence is a new electricity. It may be so, yeah. but RPA is the switch that keeps the lights on on for much longer.
0: But well, there's, there's some great sound bites today, by the way. I'm going to pull some of these out and tweet them. They're awesome. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is really good. And then to that final point, um, and, and this is really this is something that definitely uh, resonates with me, is I'm talking to firms who are selling AI tools, yeah, mm-hmm. and firms who are buying AI tools. And there really does seem to be a challenge. there's a gap between the two, and that gap really I'm probably not going to summarize it very well because I haven't sort of written out notes here. This is straight off the top of my head, but the gap- the gap seems to be that um the application of it, going back to what you're saying about r p a the application of it is usually in really simple prosaic standard applications which today would deliver a really nice return on the investment. But the technology vendors are aiming for the sky. They're aiming for the stars. Um, They want to do massive digital transformation. So you said that uh, you're running a panel on the value of AI in smaller organizations with smaller data sets and more limited resources. I'm just wondering, I mean, how how does that resonate genuinely today with small businesses or do they just feel left out? Yes, I think uh,
1: the trick here is to be a smart consumer of uh, AI technologies or data, data technologies, data-driven analytics, so to speak. So like, like I said, I, I wouldn't give away the secrets out there if you no. had to come, but one thing, interesting thing to keep in mind is uh, you, you can uh, partner or you, you can select a vendor, a SaaS vendor, for instance, who has visibility if you partner with a SaaS vendor who has visibility across your industry? Then you have mm-hmm. access to all of their expertise. So in fact, yeah. uh, that, that's a fascinating thing about enterprise software and SaaS because all uh, the best practices of a specific function of a specific uh, department are encapsulated in that software. So that that's how uh, you really don't have to own all the data. Even for the largest of the organizations, the amount of data that they have is vastly, vastly smaller compared to the data that exists outside of your firewall. Mm-hmm. So in reality, no one organization is going to have all the data that, that they ever will need. Okay. If, if they want to do it all themselves. So there is first-party data, there is second-party data, there is third-party data. So you really need to think through the, the intelligent combinations or the smart combinations of how you can leverage, what exactly are the business processes you are looking to improve and how you can bring in both internal and external expertise, not just data. So I would say for small organizations, probably it's not the lack of data, but the lack of this expertise, that's probably a bigger block stumbling block.
0: Right. So that, that's a beautiful segue into our final topic, which is the uh, course that we're building for AIM. Um, which is, we've done this before. Um, we should have known better. It's really hard work, um, and uh, but that's really what we're trying to focus on here, isn't it? That this about the skills, and there is still a perception amongst buyers that they they all need to be data scientists if they're going to be able to do this. And I think maybe that's something we could talk about a little bit here because I think it's not true, right? The- Um, you you need to understand how it will impact your business and how you will manage it over time. That's the key skill. Would you agree? Absolutely. So so
1: we have talked so much about RPA, we've talked about artificial intelligence, automation and whatnot. So when you think about it, the future for uh, artificial intelligence, automation and digital workforce, if you will, is very bright. But what about the future for the human workforce? What can we do? to make it shine the future shine brighter for human workforce as well so if you go back to the roots of our course that we're building for aim that 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 really is uh, the at the heart of it right i mean that that that's what we're trying to do make people more successful in their uh, professional careers and make organizations that employ them more successful so that that that's really the genesis of our course as well so you don't need to be a phd you don't need to have gone uh, to Stanford, you probably are not working at one of the major tech powerhouses. But you still need to be a, a smart power user. You need to understand how this is going to impact uh, your profession, how it's going to impact your career, how it's going to impact your organization, and what are the main skills that, that you need to pick up in the next one year, two years,
0: three years. That, that, that's really the course uh, that, that we're building, I mean. I think, yeah, I think that's exactly what we're building. And I think one of the, and I, and I know I'm more passionate about this than you, but I think also the the fact that, that I keep using the word perception, but I mean, that's the world we're in at the moment, isn't it? There's a, there's a lot of hype, um, which gives a perception of what's going to happen, whereas the reality is a little bit more nuts and bolts and, uh, you know, dirt in the ground. And, you know, one of the things I'm most interested in is the fact that in virtually all cases, certainly not all, but virtually all cases, you're going to supervise an AI tool, right? So this is something living, breathing. You're not giving ownership away, right? You're you're owning it. You're running it. You're supervising it. You're making sure it improves. You're helping it along the way. And I think that's something that's lost on a lot of people, Uh, when it comes to AI. There's a perception that you just switch it on and it's so brilliant. it just That's it. It's off and running. And um, I don't know that the vendors really want to talk about that so much. Um, I I think, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there is a playbook. If you take not just
1: AI but any emerging technology, there is a playbook for hyping it up (laughs) because of uh, the newer marketing uh, channels and media that we have. So that's unfortunate reality, but... You're absolutely right. There also have been so many high-profile failures of uh, AI, right? Be it in self-driving cars, be it in chatbots, be it in recruitment software. I mean, there are so many examples that that clearly goes to the meat of what you're saying. There should be human in the loop. But at the same time, there is is also the balance to be made between uh, the performance of AI systems versus uh, their uh, black-box nature. So that that's something that we yeah. discover, that we cover in a great length uh, in our course, the human in the loop aspect, where it's absolutely necessary. It's not just only from a performance point of view, but it's also required by regulatory authorities that, that you need to explain the reasons and the predictions made by AI systems. So it, it's a fascinating thing. So it has uh, all-round implications, this human supervision of AI, because this is a, a Frankenstein. This potentially could be a Frankenstein that that needs to be closely watched and probably kept under lid for some more time.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad you're the one who said Frankenstein because <laughs> I I remember how that story turned out. Um, and so I, you know, I, listen, I'm I'm a proponent of uh, AI, machine learning, and despite my cynicism, RPA and uh and even that that wonderful thing called blockchain which you're still a skeptic on but uh that's the whole key to it isn't it that you can't throw away the lessons of the past it's your business it's your organisation you've got to own it you've got to make sure it's doing what you want it to do and uh and I think that's that human in the loop element is an area that personally I just don't think is covered anything like enough and uh hopefully Uh, we'll do a good job of that in the training course, which is uh, due to come out later this year. Absolutely. uh, And I think uh, we have uh, one module that is dedicated to
1: the dark side of AI. What are the challenges? What are the risks? What can go wrong? And what can you do to mitigate that? So I think that that one module is worth its weight in gold. (laughs) Even if I, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree with you. And as I say, it's not to be. A, it's not to be a professional cynic, right? It's just that you know. Uh, let's be frank. The technology vendors themselves—they're not going to talk about that. Um, that's that's. They're never going to get that past the marketing director. But you, as a buyer and user, you really need to know this stuff. And if you do, then you've got. You're in charge. Yeah, you're driving the vehicle. You're you're the one with the brakes and uh, and in control. So. Hopefully we'll do a great job of that. In fact, I know we will. Um, We, in fact, have a meeting today to discuss uh, the course. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I know we're sort of plugging ourselves here, but uh, I said to Cash yesterday, this is absolutely true. I said, this is a course I would want to take. And, um, well...
1: You, you can least, i actually just put together an assessment quiz so yeah
0: i know, you can. I, know. I don't like tests though <laughs> i don't like i absolutely loathe taking tests i'm one of those people who just does not take failure well so uh i, I will take the quiz though i will take the quiz and uh, and if i'm and if i by the way if i do well on the quiz we'll talk about it on the next podcast if not we'll move on to a different topic Yeah, we have excellent. So we we
1: haven't talked about RPA50. I know this podcast uh, is much longer. So we will talk about it
0: in the next. (laughs) Well, let's talk about it briefly now. I mean, I think it's important um, because, you know, you released the RPA50 sort of map the other week. And I'll be frank, um, you know, the, the feedback I've received on it so far has been, wow, I didn't know this market was this big. Um, so we see value, if, you, if you're industry uh, analysts like we are, you see and follow the market valuations of people like Blue Prism. But in the real world, not our world, not our bubble, um, RPA still sort of runs underneath the, the radar a lot, but that's a growing market. Tell me about the RPA 50 because I, you told me recently that we think we'll get, get this to RPA 100.
1: That's correct. I mean, uh, we've released it uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, i mean, very heartened by the response that uh, we've received to this uh, report. Because as far as I can tell, this is uh, the largest uh, compilation of uh, the RPA vendors anywhere so far. Uh, The most comprehensive listing of RPA vendors to date. So the contributions it makes are... uh, it categorizes uh, the marketplace into different segments. Obviously, when you categorize and provide labels, you lose some nuance because there are some overlaps in the categories, etc. But having said that, this is a useful construct uh, to keep in mind. Because some of the success uh, or lack of success of RPA projects has been because of choosing the wrong vendor. Right. So so we talk about uh, how you need to choose... Uh, based on what you're trying to automate, uh, probably a vendor from that category. And I want to go back to something which you said, which is uh, it's definitely the early stages of not just AI, but RPA as well. A lot of uh, people talk about as if the RPA market is sort of going to be only dominated by two or three vendors, but that really is not the case. There is a lot of depth in this uh, marketplace. Mm -hmm. There are uh, generalist horizontal platforms. That's where all the attention tends to be focused on but there are so many local players so many regional players so many enablers of uh, RPA vendors there are uh, professional services vendors who are building their own toolkits to offer you as a customer there are uh, very specific people who are focused on automating mainframe systems so there is a lot of uh, Brownian motion, if you will, in this marketplace. So it raises a lot of uh, questions for you to think about in terms of best of breed strategies. Should I buy a product from my services vendor? Who is uh, providing innovation in this uh, marketplace? Who is really ready to make it uh, to the enterprise-grade level, etc.? So there's a lot of uh, nuance that we unpack. This is really... I'm pretty excited about this because this is the culmination of uh, almost uh, years' worth of research, uh, multi-pronged research that we've been... uh, doing in this uh, space and this is just the first in a series of in-depth uh, reports uh, that that
0: we've uh, released and uh, you you'll see and more so where us. can people where can people get a copy of that that map if, if they want to see it uh they, they, they could just
1: uh send an email to info at rpa to ai.com or go to rpa to ai.com and then uh, fill out a form or just send
0: a note so that they'll receive a summary of the research report OK, and uh, sort of teasing, teasing our audience here, but uh, hmm, wouldn't it be a good idea if there was a map and research like that on uh, things like uh, Capture 2.0, Intelligent Capture and AI? Hmm. Might happen at some future date, huh? I mean, you, your desire is my command. <laughs> OK, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> You're going to make it happen. Fantastic. Hey, Cash, wonderful. Uh, tell me very quickly what is the festival that's going on in bangalore today so this festival is called uh, dashera or vijayadashmi which
1: signals uh, or which uh, symbolizes the triumph of uh, good over evil
0: so oh, that, that very relevant to ai <laughs> yeah <laughs> ah okay oh that's very timely then yes 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 because remember we're talking about the dark side of ai so cool i wish i was there it's been a long time since i've been in bangalore i really enjoyed my visits there in the past and uh hopefully we'll we'll make that happen in the coming year look forward to it we should make that happen as well yes likewise. absolutely and looking forward to seeing you here in new england it's very beautiful here at the moment it's rather cold i must admit but uh, incredibly beautiful this is uh, the true new england fall uh, but uh hopefully you'll still see a little bit of that when you get here and the snow hasn't yet arrived that's the, that's the hope. I want to see the bears in your backyard. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Uh, we ha- I have seen two bears. Um, they are very large. They're incredibly beautiful. And although I am told they are harmless, I am not going anywhere near them. Trust me. Those <laughs> are uh, 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 some big beasts. Yeah. So, uh, hey, thanks for joining us today. Really cool. A great conversation. And I know we'll be talking again soon. Thank you, Cash. Thanks, Ellen. My pleasure. Bye bye. You're welcome. Bye. Well, thanks for joining us today. And uh, in our next podcast, hopefully we'll be talking to Nick Inglis about the recent merger of the Information Governance Coalition and Armor. That should be an interesting one. So until then, if you've got any questions or queries, just email us at info at deep-analysis.net. And until then, look after yourself. Talk to you soon. Bye.